0: Welcome everyone to today's podcast episode in which I'm joined by Pascal, and I think I'm going to pronounce this correctly, Drico, uh, who is the managing director of the Global Space. He's from Belgium originally and currently in Austria. So is our first guest of this complete series that is recording this from Austria. Uh, Pascal provides global strategy coaching to businesses and top executives to assist in achieving their long-term goals. His aim is to guide them in navigating the fast-changing business environment that we particularly have seen over the last couple of years. There's lots of reasons and, I suppose, history behind Pascal as to why he does what he does now. And we'll talk about that a little bit more as we go through but uh, he has uh, undertaken the life transformational program, Awaken the divine, uh, and the divine you. And he has had a breakthrough that there is a much easier way to have abundance in all areas of life. And his passion is the corporate world and especially business coaching through private sessions and workshops for the upper management and teams to help them reach their highest potential. Uh, in a nutshell, Pascal wants to empower each person so that they can anchor a conscious life to be truly successful. Great to have you on today's podcast. Glad you could join us.
1: Thanks. Thanks for the invitation as well, Simon. Looking forward to it.
0: And I didn't want to go too much into the information that you sent as is into the background of why you do what you do. And Um, I want to get a little bit more into that once we start talking about what we've been drinking, uh, et cetera, today. So before we get into that sort of deeper dive into you and why you do what you do, tell us a little bit about what you're drinking today and why.
1: Well, I'm drinking uh, a coffee, but the coffee I'm drinking because I'm allergic since the last 10 years of normal milk. So mostly I'm drinking a cappuccino, which is uh, rice milk. Uh, Because for me, rice milk is like the most, um, the flavor of the rice milk is the most natural one, where almonds get a little bit too sweet for me, or some uh, soya milk has soy milk has a kind of another touch. And I love actually the combination of having a coffee with, with some rice milk.
0: Yeah. and that's interesting because you know I, I don't drink milk alternatives dairy alternatives because of sometimes the taste I, I don't mind oat milk and <laughs> certain things but as you say there's an overpowering sense of, of oat and almonds i'm allergic to almonds so that that puts almond milk out for me so uh, yeah perhaps some of uh, the listeners and myself might give rice milk a try because you know sometimes you do want to just have a different alternative to dairy so so that's good. Um, what's your favorite brand or uh, strength of coffee you know have you got any favorites at all
1: well we like uh, the educho espresso uh, classical what we quite often are using so we have a coffee machine and there Uh, we love to to have those uh, those those coffee beans and honestly i'm actually a person who who started to Love coffee on a later age. So uh, I never had coffee during my childhood. So it was only when I was an adult, when I was uh, like 20, 25, that I started to recognize the the beautiful taste of, of coffee, actually.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Hey, it's interesting you say about childhood. because I know we had one podcast guest who I think shocked us a little bit when he told us how young he was when he drank coffee as a child with his family. And it was a diluted coffee, but coffee with caffeine nonetheless. Yet, Mm -hmm. certainly here in the UK, we try and get kids not to drink coffee until they're in their mid-teens to late teens and try and keep them off the caffeine, which uh, was quite interesting to hear the difference. I can't remember what country he was in, but very much the culture was to, to allow children to drink coffee at a younger age, albeit slightly diluted. Which, which brings me on to something you mentioned in the information you sent me uh, about you as a child and the fact that you were, you were bullied and that you were an introvert. And because of the, the way that you were growing up, uh, you, you found out the hard way how it was to be in the driver's seat of your own career. So tell us a little bit about the background to you and why you do what you do at
1: the Golden Space um yeah i mean uh, you you brought it to a certain point right because because i got bullied and because um i had this kind of uh, behavior patterns i actually learned two things on the one hand my parents were quite on the success so it was very important to perform and on the other hand i wanted to understand people better so this is what uh, actually was one of the things which um, followed me my whole career. So I was always a person on the one hand who was standing in the cafe kitchen and helping coaching my colleagues or actually wanted to empower my team later on. And on the other hand, I was very um, driven, very focused and very goal-driven and career-driven. And that's the combination I, I actually came then to senior management uh, some years later. And um, with this, I found out that a lot of, of persons in, in the corporate world are actually unhappy. Uh, managers, employees call it. And me, myself as well, I was always on the search. And I was thinking this cannot be life. So. I already was interested in personal development and did a lot of courses in, in the different countries I lived. But my breakthrough came, like you said, in, in some retreats uh, I did in Indonesia and, and Asia, where I finally found out what my life purpose was. And yeah, now I'm helping actually or the company where where I'm the owner of is helping uh, uh, managers and employees to, to to live their dream. Let me say it that way yeah and and you you've
0: mentioned um also in the information you sent several times and uh, obviously the listeners uh will perhaps see some of this in the show notes as well um the the focus on mindset and changing the, the mindset and you know it's one of those things we we hear a lot about you know we've got to shift our mindset we've got to change our mindset the only thing holding us back is our is our own mind and our mindset um but you, you've put here that you love to change the mindset of successful managers. Um, what what do you see in managers very often that needs to be changed in their mindset? Mm-hmm. Is there a common theme or is there a core uh, mindset that needs to be worked with?
1: Yeah, I think, um, I mean, from all the customers I, I helped uh, so far, there are some uh, returning patterns. So one of the main thing is really communication. Communication in the meaning that um, be able to speak up, but not only speak up to employees, but also to maybe difficult business partners, if you're an owner, or if you're a manager to even your management. So also in difficult situation where it gets harsh to be stable enough to try to be emotionally neutral, and communicate on a different level so you actually de-escalate instead of helping it to escalate. This is one topic which I'm actually helping quite a lot and the second topic is what I also countered myself that was that I was not happy and could not celebrate. I always had the next target and the next goal and once I received this goal or reached this goal then Instead of being able to celebrate, I always was thinking from it's about time that I reach this goal and I already set a new goal in my life. And so at that moment, I was jumping from one goal to the other goal and I could not enjoy the simple things in life. And once you learn to enjoy the simple things in life, uh, your life gets, of course, much better and much easier and you're not so harsh anymore for yourself. So those are the two things which I encounter quite a lot, which is something which is happening not only by managers in in corporate, but also in self-employed, of course, because also at self-employed, you need to have some kind of a work-life integration where you also take care about yourself.
0: It's, it's interesting you said there about being able to speak up. Um, and I know in, I think it's uh, Patrick Lencioni's book, The Five Dysfunctions of a Team, one of the real basic levels of you know, functioning as a team is to have healthy conflict. And mm-hmm. if you're not able to speak up, then how do people understand what your intentions are? Uh, and the last thing you want is somebody who doesn't speak up, sits there, And then when they get out into the corridor, then they say, yeah, I'm not doing that or I'm I'm not following through with that because you know why didn't they say something in the meeting? Why didn't they say something to the team? Why didn't they speak, speak up? And it's such a problem, isn't it? In, in business and also in life, I think that very often we feel too restricted and too unable to, to speak up. What would you say to people who perhaps are feeling that at the moment that might be listening to this where they don't feel that they're in a, a business or in a team, but they are able to speak up.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like you say, it's one of the most important things, right? And I, I noticed that as well, because if you're a manager, um, you will listen to those who really open their mouths. Uh, those who are telling to you on a regular basis. I want to have a next step, I want to be promoted, I want to have more responsibility. If you have like a team of 10 people and two persons are constantly, okay, constantly, each second, third month are coming to you and saying, I want to get promoted. And then at a certain moment, you're sitting together with HR and discussing about uh, um, people development. And of course, in your mind, you will take one of those two who speak up and told to you or asked you 10 times, instead of someone who never spoke up. So one of the things I can give for those who have difficulties, try to start to speak up in maybe an environment which is not so difficult for you. Try to speak up to colleagues you like. Uh, try to speak up and do a one-to-one with your manager and not maybe uh, at some kind of uh, conference room uh, where, where there's a board meeting. So try to, on a regular basis, and like you said, it's also a mix on private and business, right? So try in certain ways to, on one hand, to open your mouth, and secondly, also try to react on a different way when something is happening. And observing other people who can speak up is one of the things you can learn, of course, very fast.
0: It's it's interesting you said there about uh, open your mouth because sometimes we feel we can't interrupt. But if we actually just open our mouth as though we are going to say something, very often people will stop and give you that safe space to speak because they can see that you want to say something but aren't speaking and they'll give you that safe space. And very often you'll see it where people, Pascal, will say, John, did you want to say something? And that is the opportunity, isn't it? So sometimes it is as simple as not actually speaking but just opening them out. Show the intent to speak and let other people invite you to be able to speak in that safe space. So uh, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a great, great tip. So thinking about your own business, uh, Pascal, uh, and what you've been working on, just give the listeners a little bit of insight into how things have been with with you and what you've been evolving in your own business.
1: Um, Yeah, so what we're doing is um, actually we're helping uh, managers who um, have emotional issues, right? And one of the things that I learned and what I really I'm a very uh, positive about it is that I also take time to develop myself. And I know in one of your previous podcasts, someone else, and you say that as well, uh, a coach needs some coach. And I think that's a very important lesson in life that whatever job you do, you always should be open to learn and to develop as well. So also we, right? I mean, I was 18 years in, in a company working as employee. Uh, on different levels, but I was not self-employed. So taking this quite harsh step in one day from being uh, a manager, senior manager into self-employment, I, of course, encountered, um, I would say challenges, right? Yeah. And that was then, for me, a learning from how to deal with those challenges. And there was quite a lot of of, of things which I learned, right? And yeah. one of the things what actually I encountered was... Um, Um, because in my life I had to deal quite a lot with narcissists and I thought that I recognized them quite well but even being self-employed we had a business partner at a certain moment who also had uh, some narcissistic threats and it helped me to even further set some borders because as you mentioned before I was an introvert IT nerd so um, in my life I learned to really say no and to and to set clear borders to to others and think that's something very very important and that's something which which I even learned I wouldn't say the hard way but uh, during the being self-employed as well you,
0: you you've mentioned that that type of person and how you recognize that sort of uh, narcissist uh, but what kind of characteristics might listeners, look for to recognize somebody like that and and what kind of impact does that kind of person have on an individual Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, and that's the interesting thing right because if you think about narcissists we quite often think about the grandiose narcissist who wants to have attention the whole time who's saying that uh, he she is better than the rest and where it's quite obvious that this person Maybe have some narcissistic personality disorder or some quite high threats, right? But that's only one subtype. You have six other subtypes. And some are more gentle and some are even you not noticing directly. But um, there are, of course, some characteristics where, where they all have. Um, they all need kind of an attention on a certain way. And they, most of them, they have a lack of uh, of empathy. Um, so how can you recognize them? Well, at the beginning, quite often, they gonna test you. I, re- I compare it a little bit like children, they also gonna test the teacher in school. So now we're talking about two adults and the two adults are testing each other. And at that moment, Um, once you know that it is a test, you need to react quite fast because otherwise, on a certain way, you're giving the permission that the behavior of that person is okay and that you agree with the behavior of that person. So it can be that at the beginning, a narcissist will give you an over compliment, even though this person does not know you. I'm going to say from, I never have seen someone who is so good in strategy or whatever what then that's a good moment to say from, thanks a lot for this compliment, but I know that my colleague John <laughs> is also very good in uh, doing strategy. So that you clearly say to that person from, well, uh, I'm, not, I'm, not, um, I'm not falling into on this trap that you want to set up, right? And secondly, what they mostly gonna do is quite fast, they're gonna give um, some critics uh, to you. So also there, uh, it's up to you then that you clearly say from, well, I I understand that you see it that way. But from my point of view, I see it differently. So that you also give a certain feedback.
0: So you've almost got a polarization then between giving you a really big compliment. And like you say, testing mm-hmm. that and going to the opposite end of the spectrum of the criticism and the critique. Then the very yeah. polarized aspects. Yeah. So you, you're going to say a third one.
1: Yeah, so because at the end, a the narcissist, uh, they want to have control. Uh, so for them, it's about testing how they can have control over you. So they want to see if they can have control over you by on purpose lying where you know it's a lie. So if you know that the person is lying, you should also react and say from that's strange that you say that way, because from my point of view, I thought that this person did this project, something like that. Um, they're going to start trying to, again, to, to, to give some criticism, uh, to test if, if you go, if you accept uh, being criticized. And the third thing what they want to do is to test your boundaries. Uh, if you, for instance, say from, well, uh, I can work late, but next week on Thursday, I really have to go home earlier. Then most probably this narcissist will exactly on that Thursday 10 minutes before you go will come to you and ask you if you could not stay a little bit longer. If you agree on that one, you actually agree that you set your priority, your own priority lower than the priority to that person.
0: I see. Yeah. Yeah. And and I'm sure listeners that are, are hearing this can recognize people in their lives currently and also lives in their in their past and perhaps need to have a look at how they deal with with that person. So you, you've talked about the, the journey that you've you've been on uh, and the things that you've been learning and working through. And you say a step from being 18 years in corporate into self-employed, that, that's, that's a leaping across a, yeah, a canyon, isn't it? Yeah, it's a little bit more than a step. So congratulations on taking that because that's a real, real leap. How has it been for you uh, as an outcome of that step? What kind of difference has it made to you and to your life?
1: And yeah, one of the things I had to learn is um, see failure between brackets differently, because in the corporate world it's not so allowed to make failures. You can make failure maybe once, but even then, it's not so nice seeing that management. And um, you're more in an environment where everyone is tested already a couple of times, uh, at least if you are in a a company who is not a startup. Um, And that means that you are more in a whole structure which is working already quite fine. And being self-employed, it's about really learning from scratch from everything, even your product, because even if you sit in forehand and have some business plan and some ideas from that could be my product or my services, during the time, Mm, for me it's very important that you still be open if your thoughts on your plan was still correct or not and that you learn to adapt quite fast and that you also don't take it personally that you need to adapt things and that you don't see yourself as a as a loser or failure uh, by doing things differently and i think that's one of the main differences between self-employed and being Um, an employee what I've heard and what I'm also got as a feedback from others of course during all the coaching I'm doing right I think all the self-employed or a lot of self-employed had certain challenges right and it's about accepting those and seeing how you can move them around the stones who are in front of you on the road
0: yeah and and you know, it's it's really interesting you say about failure, because I know, you know, very often you hear some of the most successful uh, people in business, but also inventors. You know, you look at some of the, the greatest inventions that we've had. You know, where would we be if those people had given up after failing once or twice? You know, where would we be with Edison, with his inventions? Exactly. And, you know, if he hadn't have tried a thousand times and failed a thousand times before it worked, you know, Um and it's that success of seeing the progress, isn't it? Because you know, failure is 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 progress. It might not feel like it, but you know, you're you're one step further away from you know getting it completely wrong to getting it right by learning from that failure. So, yeah, absolutely
1: agree with that. So, yeah. you know, and, it's also, and it's also it's also about um, having feedback on one hand, but yeah. getting in touch with a lot of people who like your idea. Because if you're very, if you're really a pioneer, then quite often you will meet people who are against it, who are going to say never going to work. Um, we already tried that a couple of times. Uh, the market is not ready. Whatever. What if you really believe in that? Then try to have connections with those who really believe in you. Because at the end, uh, for me, everything in life is possible, right?
0: And, and I think that's, that's so important what you've just said there, because, you know, we we hear sometimes on courses, you know, surround people you know, surround yourself with people that are more like you, et cetera. Uh, and sometimes we don't get choices about those people because those naysayers very often can be the people closest to us, can't they? They can be our families, our friends, mm-hmm. people that perhaps we work with at the moment or have worked with. And I remember when I first wanted to step out to be self-employed, you know, and I mentioned it to a couple of people that I worked with, you know, they were very dismissive of it. Yeah. And I look at some of those and they you know, being self-employed now for, for 30 years and they're still in the same jobs, doing the same thing. You know, I've had such an amazing life because of it. And I think if, if, only, if I'd have listened to them and listened to them saying it will never work, you know, you'll never make a go of it. It's too hard out there. If I would have listened to them and taken their advice and their influence then I certainly wouldn't be in the place I am now. And certainly, you know, I I did actively go out and find people that were more supportive and more positive and could share their experiences of, yeah, we did it, it was hard, but look at the results we're getting now. So I think that's a really important thing to mention. So how do people connect with you, uh, Pascal? You've given us an insight into you and into your business and, you know, uh, the, the golden space, uh, of transformation meditation uh, and healing which is the, the sort of strap line bit beneath your logo where do people go to find out more about you and connect with you what's the best way
1: yeah so the best way is uh, my linkedin channel um so that's uh, linkedin.com and then pascal Dricot. Uh, you can find me there and otherwise than that as you said the the company so uh, www.thegoldenspace.eu so for europe uh, you also can go to COM. that's then you're going to arrive at my colleagues from Asia, where I got to learn them uh, once I worked in Indonesia. And uh, yeah, from there, you of, of course can have contact uh, with, with, with us. And,
0: and are there any resources
1: that you know
0: people can get their hands on? Because you know, it seems such a wide and deep subject here that, you know, as well as reaching out to you, is there anything that they can gain a bit of insight resource wise as well?
1: Uh, Yeah, on different levels. So uh, as a coaching, uh, I I always because I want that the chemistry is okay. So we always can have a one to one um, free of charge to get to know each other, right? And then we can see uh, if I can help you and if it makes sense. Uh, otherwise than that, uh, because you mentioned the three some pillars that we have. If you talk about meditation, we also have a YouTube channel where where we actually upload some some meditation. So that could also be a possibility if you're searching for that. So that that was actually the the one of the possibilities that we that we have. And on LinkedIn, sometimes I'm uploading videos as well, or like uh, IDs or some. I like to inspire people. That's why I love also being guests and podcasts. So thanks for that again. Yeah. And um, that's also one of the things I'm, I'm trying to do in, uh, in LinkedIn as well.
0: Great. So so now we're going to give you a, a, a chance to inspire uh, and to do what I said right at the beginning or uh, when I mentioned your bio, empower each person so that they can uh, Anchor a conscious life to be truly successful. If you were to help the listeners be inspired or to be empowered, what is it that you want to share with the listeners today that they can take away from today's podcast?
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, if you have difficulties by speaking up, then for me, one of the most important things is start saying no. So feel inside, make a connection, not only with your brain, with your mind, but also with your heart. And if you have a feeling, if you have a gut feeling that's something wrong with it, then don't do it. Then just say no or say from give me some time to think about it. I cannot decide at this moment. But don't just agree on everything. You do. And uh, that's one of the most important things which are going to you, bring you further, further as well uh, in life. Yeah. Uh, and some
0: people probably will find that that fairly easy to do. Some people will be mediocre, but some people will find that that quite hard because of their personality. Um, yeah. You know, if anybody's feeling uncomfortable with with what you've just said, there, um, what would you suggest that they perhaps can do just to to be a, a stronger version of themselves to be able to do that?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, just by answering, you can already start having some alternatives. Um, maybe you're gonna say from okay sorry, I cannot support you on this topic, but I could support you on that topic if you want to, of course. Uh, if you really say that's uh, something I don't want to do, then um, start speaking from really your heart and say from, uh, I know that you're busy, but I'm so sorry. Um, I cannot I cannot do that at this moment. And yeah, if you have more difficulties, um, mindfulness and possibilities to work on yourself, uh, it's it's one of the necessary steps to do. I always say that it doesn't matter what kind of trigger you have. If you have a trigger, that means there is something from deep inside you who triggers you and this can be solved. So it's about looking back. It's about observing, finding out why you're triggered. And then allowing yourself first that you accept that at this moment you have trigger, but then also allowing to transform that. Yeah. And that's the beauty of it.
0: Yeah. And, and of course, listeners, if you are one of those that struggles to say now, and I know there's probably many people listening to this who fall into that category or to speak up, then uh, you can do all of what Pascal's just said, but also reach out to him on, on LinkedIn. And just for for people who are searching, it's Pascal. So that's P-A-S-C-A-L. And then the last name Drico is D-R-I-C-O-T. So there's a silent T at the end of that. So uh, Pascal Drico, uh, search for that on LinkedIn and connect with Pascal, because I'm sure he will give you lots of tips and lots of advice and a way of being empowered to, to deal with that as well. So thank you for sharing that that tip and also that story and that insights before uh, we got to these final questions as well. I think that was really, really insightful. And I know listeners will take something of value from that. So I want to come to the the last question. And um, I think because of the the kind of person that we've perhaps heard you are and the journey you've been on, uh, I'm going to ask you um, to share with us, you know, if you were to have your next coffee, With somebody who has had a significant impact on your life, and this might be somebody who's still around, or it might be somebody who's passed. If you could have a coffee and that significant person who's had an impact on your life was there and you could talk to them, where would the coffee be and who would that person be and why?
1: Mm, where would it be? I love Thailand. I visited a lot of Asian countries, but um, yeah, Thailand is actually one of of the of uh, the preferred ones. And I would have a talk with uh, with Elon Musk. Yeah, because um, yeah, I, I mean, I'm not 100% agree on everything he does, but uh, the way he made a revolution of the whole electric electrification and the automotive industry it's something which uh, Yeah, I really, personally, uh, I really like it.
0: Yeah, great. So great Great. location, great person, and a great reason why to speak to them as as well. And I'm sure there's lots of other listeners that would love to be involved in that conversation. So if you ever do get the chance to speak to him, then please record it and share it with us. I'm sure we'd love love to hear it. Thank you so much, uh, Pascal, for being on the podcast. Is there any final thing that you want just to... Um, share with the listeners or impart to us uh, before we wrap this one up.
1: Hmm. If I would uh, finalize, believe in yourself. Perfect, perfect.
0: And, and yeah, it sounds so simple, but it's so difficult for many people to do that, isn't it? And uh, yeah, that's believing yourself. And if you don't believe in yourself, then reach out to someone like Pascal, listeners who can help you with that because, you know, we all go through that stage in our lives where we have moments when we don't believe in ourselves. And the only way we overcome those is by one digging deep into ourselves, but also reaching out for help and getting what we need uh, to enable us to do that. So certainly uh, I think that's a great, great thing to finish. Thank you very much. And listeners, it's been an absolute pleasure to have Pascal and hopefully you'll value his time by doing something with what you've learned today. Great to have you with us today, Pascal. And and listeners, as always, let us have a review. Tell us what you've done differently by listening to Pascal and I talking about these things. And if it's had an impact on your life, share it with us. If there's somebody that you've had an impact on and they have let you know that, share that with us. Share as much of the impact that you're having on people's lives and on your life as you possibly can as a review of this podcast. And I look forward to having you as listeners on the next one. Bye for now you for listening don't forget if you'd like any help and support with your business do get in touch with simon and to discover what your business needs you to fix next visit www.sterlingcoaching.fixthisnext.com please do subscribe so you don't miss the next episode and simon would love you to rate and review the show too thank you